So what are you fools doing here? Somebody just said, I don't know. (laughs) Because what's interesting to me is if you read the Gospel of Mark, which we believe is the earliest gospel, the ending is a little abrupt, isn't it? I mean, as a matter of fact, if you read the Gospel of Mark in most Bibles, it stops where, where we ended it, right? They said nothing to anyone. And then later, somebody decided that that wasn't a good enough ending, and we know that some writers later cribbed in some crib notes about a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't, that some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't, and most scholars say that wasn't original to the text. So if the women didn't tell anybody, what the heck are we doing here? I mean, it's a, it's absurd, isn't it? It's a little crazy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what they were feeling on that morning when they came to the place where they knew Jesus' body had been put and this stone had been put in front of it, as they do, and they get there and the stone had been rolled away. There's no body laying there, but there's somebody sitting there. I mean, it's the definition of absurd that there's something that happens, something that happens that we expect with our logical, rational, well-educated minds to go in a certain direction and the absurdity is, is the feeling that you get when it doesn't go that way. Absurdity isn't, as one scholar says, square triangles, even though that feels pretty absurd as well. But it's that feeling you get when, when things that are supposed to be a certain way then go a completely different way. People aren't supposed to rise from the dead. It's absurd. It's, it's foolish to begin to think about that. The word for this in the Greek is a variation of a, of a word that, we, that becomes our derivative for moron. So in a sense, Paul is saying to the Corinthians, we're a bunch of morons. We're foolish. And so is it any wonder that people today have, have trouble believing in the resurrection? Is it any wonder today that there are people who have such difficulty, you know, getting from Good Friday to Easter Sunday? Because we can understand the powers and the principalities. We can understand an oppressive um, ruling government that's willing to put down any kind of insurrection and willing to take out the leader of that insurrection at all costs. We get that. We may not understand the method they were using by hanging people on a cross, but that was the best way to do it because you put it outside of your cities or along the roads where people traveled, and they said, basically, when you, if you step out of line, this is what happens to you. 
I don't know about you, but if I, as, if I were traveling in on 64 or 95 and I saw the, the road lined with crosses with people hanging on them, I think I'd be thinking about what my behavior was going to be. We can understand that. We can understand the brokenness of humanity in that way that we think we, to get power and to hold on to it, we must use violence and death in order to get our way. We can understand that. And that's where the foolishness of God comes in. Or God's wisdom, as Paul says. Because what if the whole point of the cross and the resurrection is to mess with us? is to mess with our belief about how the world is supposed to be, how it's supposed to work, and to show that there is something else going on that is so much more powerful, so much more amazing, that it's going to take our lifetimes to even begin to figure out how it all works and what it all means. That's why we often say that this thing, the the week of the passion and the cross and the resurrection is a mystery. But I think most of us believe a mystery is something that we'll never understand. But I found a new definition for mystery over the past couple of weeks. A mystery is not something that we'll never understand. It's something that we'll never stop understanding. A mystery is something that we'll never stop understanding. Meaning it has so many layers of meaning. It has so many things going on that we can look at it time and time and time again and find something new for us. I know that all of you theologians and Bible scholars in the, in the congregation already know that there's no single... There's no single belief about what the cross and the resurrection mean. There's at least five different dominating theories or teachings. At least five. And some people are like, well, gosh, wouldn't it have been better if God would have just made it clear what this all meant? But I think that's the point. Is that God's wisdom is so much greater than ours. That the death of Jesus and his resurrection is a mystery, meaning it needs to be studied. It needs to be reflected on because every time we come to it, we're going to have new questions and we're going to find new meaning in it if we are willing to open ourselves to it. When Jesus appeared to the disciples at one point in the scriptures later on, I mean, here he is, right? I mean, they'd seen him die. They'd heard the stories from the women. He comes to them and it says, some worshiped him and some, anybody know? Doubted. I mean, they knew him in the flesh. They'd seen him, they'd been with him. And here he is, he's risen Some worshipped him, and some doubted. Because for us, the message of the cross 
seems like foolishness. It seems like foolishness. But what I want to tell you today is that the message of the cross, it's not first meant to be understood, it's meant to be lived. Because here's what happened after the women didn't tell anybody. (laughs) Apparently they told some people. Read the rest of the Gospels, you'll see. It took this group, and it was primarily the men who were afraid for their lives. The women, I mean, they're going to the tomb to do what they need to do for the burial and all of this. They're the first ones to to proclaim that he's risen. They're the first ones to say this. But the men are afraid. They're like, this is crazy. The Romans are going to come get us. And then in a very short period of time, they're not writing theological treatises on what the cross and resurrection mean. They're out there telling people that it is a new day. That there is a new life. That the wisdom of the world, the predominating, prevailing wisdom of the world in that might is right is wrong. That the gods don't care about us as human beings. They only want our sacrifices. That all of that has been thrown away. That there is a new world and there is a new life for each one of us. And to live the resurrection means to give ourselves into that new life. To care deeply for others, especially those who we consider to be the low. Because God did not send a conquering hero on a white horse. He sent his son who was born in a backwater town in a little sliver of the world who preached to the fishermen and to people who had sheep and who lived on the hillsides. He didn't send Jesus first and foremost to Rome or to even the temple and to the priests and the Levites and those in power, he sent Jesus first to the uneducated, to the unwise, to the simple. And so today, we are to continue to live that resurrection because that's what those first disciples did. They reached out to the widows and to the orphans of their world and cared for them. These ones who would be cast aside. Christians over time, yes, once it became Christianity and became powerful, we did all kinds of horrible things in the name of Jesus. But we were also the ones who built the first schools, the first hospitals. We were the ones who supported the arts and brought about some of the most beautiful things in our world. Today still, in the name of Jesus, this church... This congregation continues that message and that ministry by opening our doors to people so that they can get clean, get sober. We open our doors to people who aren't from this country and who don't practice our faith so that they can become full citizens of, this, of our country. We open our doors to all these organizations that are doing the kind of work that we think Jesus would do to care for those who are sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, 
and to share this message by, as what Wendell Berry said, practicing resurrection. And so today, I know you're going to walk away with here with more questions than answers. Good. Because that's exactly what God wanted. Was for you to never stop plumbing the depths of this mystery and to live and practice resurrection. He is risen. Hallelujah.